You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. No brick this morning. I'm a little uh, little down in the dumps over that. Yeah. He had his days mixed up even this know, past right? weekend. He was, he was like, I won't yesterday. be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. He's like, Saturday's been so bad, I can't make it tomorrow. Well, it's not till Monday. Oh, I can't make it that day either. It must have been a bad, bad Saturday. Or two weeks after that. <laughs> I don't know. He keeps uh, he keeps saying he wants his contract renegotiated. Maybe this is a holdout. I mean, Ooh. it is the season. It is training camp and all the rest of that. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Brandon, you made the statement right before we came in. You feel like you've been in, I don't know, Rip Van Winkle land. I called it a long summer's nap <laughs> from away from sports for summer. And I've been watching ESPN and stuff like that, but it just... Oh, so you've seen plenty of fast pitch softball and uh, beach volleyball? Yeah, and like Texas Hold'em. A long summer's nap. That reminds me of the uh, New York Mets. I think they've had a long summer's nap. Yeah, right one of now. my kids asked me the other day, why is poker on television? <laughs> it's why, for- why is Cornhole the featured sporting event on Saturday afternoon on ESPN? How, how, long, have, how long has Cornhole been in your life? How long have you known this was a thing? God, it was probably after college for me. I'd never heard of it. Until after that, I think it's a Midwest thing, dude. It's been my in my life forever. It's definitely a Midwest thing, and I moved to Kentucky back in the late two thousands. Around we didn't call it cornhole though; it was bags. Well, cornhole go throw bags has some other connotations depending upon what you're thinking <laughs> about. And I, the first time somebody asked me if I wanted to play cornhole, <laughs> I thought I was being punked. <laughs> I really did, and I was like, "This is Kentucky, after all." And I can hear banjos. Do I have to brush no, my I don't. teeth? Yeah, <laughs> no. not cornhole. that kind of, not what that kind of cornhole. About? Oh, it's a different kind of cornhole. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw and got invited to play cornhole. I was like, "That is the dumbest thing I've ever." And I grabbed one and threw it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so much fun! <laughs> Why is it so much fun?" In the Midwest, if you don't customize your own boards, you're nobody. That's like standard. It doesn't matter what you do for a living, how much money you make, what car you drive. It's how cool your cornhole boards are. That I can attest to. In fact, I had a friend of mine who his little side hustle was customizing cornhole boards Mm -hmm. for people. And he could do all kinds of stuff with lacquer and whatever else. and. Do some cool stuff. I keep saying I'm going to get a cool set and and hook it up. You know Trent has got those, those Groucho Marx cornholes. <laughs> He's well on one end it's Groucho Marx and on the other it's Tim Tebow. Oh, oh, yes. Tebow and Groucho, and and the bags all have John Elway's butt on them. Oh, it's true. It's a true story. Yeah, sorry. So 
before I'm I'm really 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 hyped for today. Okay. I'm hyped because people ask me all the time, why don't you guys do more of this or why don't you guys do more of that? And when you, people do you tell me, them to shut up, they don't know what they're I, talking about. That's that's what I should say. But when people meet me and they they find out that we do this show or whatever, they they always ask. And for the last six months, I've had to tell them, oh, I'm pretty heavy on basketball. And I do love basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, college basketball, NBA, I think all of us are, are fans. But football is my thing. And Thursday night, football returned. And that means we don't have any choice. It's time to go heavy on football. And I'm just fired up about it. I've got, I've got notes coming out of my ears so I don't know what you guys planned on talking about, but it's going to be football heavy today. So that's that's cool. So are you one of those degenerates that watched the first game from the beginning quarter? Like I did not, and the only reason I didn't is because the only player on the field that I wanted to see was Lamar Jackson, hmm. and I knew he'd be in the second half, and I watched the entire second half. How do you do? Pretty well, pretty well. His his the issue with Jackson is going to be accuracy. And he threw a bad pick where he led the he led the receiver inside. If he'd gone out, it'd been you know a nice completion. Um, it's got nice wheels. The game is a lot faster, and some of the stuff he got away with in college is not going to translate. And I want to talk about that more as we talk about the Browns and how that impacts Baker Mayfield because I watched Lamar Jackson in situations in college where he would have easily escaped and turn it into a big play. And there were a couple plays where he got out on the edge and, you know, picked up seven or eight yards. And in college it would have been he, – he might have been gone to the house. Right. And the speed of the game is just a completely different animal. You know, on those NFL defenses, the worst player on those defenses is better than the best player you're going to play a lot of Saturdays in college. They're just faster. Well, I think the I've been listening. I'm trying to brush up. Starting to just barely think about fantasy football. Um, and I've been listening to my second favorite show on the radio, which is Covino and Rich. Have you guys been listening to these guys? Covino and Rich seem to get better and better and better. Really good. Um, but they all always feature one insider for, for each team. They've started doing that. And the more I listen to it, the good thing about the NFL and the bad thing about the NFL is that nobody knows who's going to be good. Or I mean, we kind of know that the Patriots are probably going to be good again. But outside of that, you don't know who's going to take each individual division. It's very unlike the NBA where you know like there's going to be five teams in play. Well, we, we talked about that last year, as it, you know, and we talked about the value of – each individual game in college football, and the same sort of holds true for the NFL. It's not quite as extreme, but anything really can happen. You can get hot for four or five games, and you you know uh, you, you have some good luck injury wise and, and matchup wise. And really, truly, as we sit here today, every team in the NFL could conceivably win their division. That doesn't really hold true. In the other sports, there are aberrations like this past season with the Golden Knights. Who picked the Golden Knights to win their division, let alone get to the Stanley Cup Finals? Right. But that's why it's such a big deal because things like that just don't happen. Teams don't go from from worst to first very often. The NFL, 
the the likelihood that it's going to happen is a whole lot better. And that's one of the things that makes football great is that there is closer to parity than there other there is in the other sports. There's the Patriots, and then there's the Browns, and then everything everybody else, else is up. in the middle. Yeah. Yep. It's funny that you say the Browns because I, you you kind of goaded me without knowing it into this. <laughs> the Browns. Here's why I know that Baker Mayfield is going to be horrible. In the last, uh, so that everybody out there at home understands, the way the CBA is set up, rookies that are drafted in the first round sign four-year contracts with a fifth-year team option. If during that fourth year the team decides they want to exercise that fifth year, it is a five-year contract. The rookie plays out before they hit free agency. Is everybody clear on that? Yeah. Crystal. Over the course of the last seven years, from 2011 through to 2017 – we need to come up with a, or 2016, a scroll, rather. a scroll jingle for Chris every yeah. time he starts. Every to time I get, every time I get to scroll with. Between 2011 and 2016, the Browns not only had one pick in three of those drafts, they had two first round picks from 11 through 16. How many of those players actually played out? a five-year contract with the Browns. This is nine first-round picks. Bueller? Mm, I'm going to go with none None. None. Zero. Because last year hasn't been long enough. So, (laughs) If If you look at this, you go back to 2011, probably the best of the bunch of all these first-round picks that were taken by the Browns was Phil Taylor. And they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. They released him in his fourth year. That's almost as bad as a Johnny Manziel CFL start. Well, Johnny Manziel's on this list. Phil Taylor released after four years. Brandon Whedon. Remember when Whedon was the savior? Yeah, I remember. This guy when was I like him forty-two years old, coming he, in as a rookie. He, he was like a dad to me. I remember Brandon Whedon. The first time I heard Brandon Whedon in an interview as a college senior, I was like, there's no way that kid can play in the NFL. That was the most arrogant dude I've ever heard of or heard speak in my life. That didn't work. Two years, gone. Barcavius Mingo. Who? Exactly. Three years, gone. Barcavius Mingo? I'll have a Barcavius Mingo, please. (laughs) Johnny Manziel and Justin Gilbert were taken in 2014. Gone. They both (laughs) lasted two years. Cam Irving, supposed to be the best offensive lineman in the draft coming out of Florida State. Gone. Hmm. He was there two years. Danny Shelton, three years. They traded him. And now their 2016 first-round pick, Corey Coleman, has been traded. This is a first-round pick two years ago. And you know what they got for him? A seventh. They got a pick that they're going to screw up later on in the future. Two years in the system, they send him to the Bills for a seventh round pick. And you go back. You You know, I think every GM in the league, and you just picture yourself as a, a GM, 
And I bet you they all have a separate phone line for the Cleveland Browns. So when it lights up, they're like, get the champagne. It's about to be on and popping. Here's the here's the craziness with this. I think I left Trent Richardson out of this out of, as I was reading. I didn't even hear Trent him. Richardson, 2012. Gone. He was there one he year. They what? traded him. One, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. one year. But everybody missed on him, though. I'll give him credit for that. He just turned out to be an absolute flop. Well, yeah. he got fat. Here's the thing with the Browns. It's as much as it is bad player evaluation, it's just been a complete lack of ability to develop these guys. If you want to know why New England is great, it's because Tom Brady and the senior leaders amongst the team run that locker room. Period. When you have a losing culture, it's too easy for these kids to come in and not buy in, not become a part of the program, or become a part of the bad program and become part of the problem. I honestly believe when you say that teams have a separate phone line for the Cleveland Browns, I don't think that it's you know lighting up because it's going to trade. I think it's that, that secret line where they call and they're like, hey, Manziel. You really ought to get him. If we had a chance to take Manziel, man, we'd jump at it. Hey, Baker Mayfield, if you – man, oh, my God. Baker, have you seen this kid? Baker Mayfield's really, really, really good. No, but listen up. I really do believe that Chubb sucks. You probably right? shouldn't take him. <laughs> and they buy it. They buy it. And we've seen this – He'll this, be there with your second pick. We've seen this this cycle of GMs and front office personnel, and they just continue to get it wrong. Can it be that they're that bad at the talent evaluation piece of this? Or is it that the locker room is so busted, that the program is so busted, that they just can't get these guys to do right? I don't know. So did you? So are you saying that they don't have a fifth-year option with Baker Mayfield? I'm saying that they will have the ability, if they so desire – I don't think there's any way that Baker Mayfield is a good pro. Because I thought when you said, I know for sure he's going to be a bust, that when they signed him, they didn't sign that fifth-year no, option. No, no, no. That's it's, just it's, a mandatory thing. No, it's part thing. of the CBA. Part of the CBA, they, that's, how it do, that's how it's structured, four first-round picks. You were listening to From the Cheap Seats. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Thanks for hanging out with us. Krista Lambert. Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Chris Lambert, I'm in my happy place. Local. Yes, 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 yes. This segment's brought to you by Four Loco. Loco, if you want some watermelon with a kick. At room temperature. That's been sitting here for one month and a half. Come to Loco and grab a watermelon. That was more than I expected. It's not just sitting there because 
Nobody else wanted it. <laughs> Have at it. There was six. But this is week six, so now there's only one. Look, here's the deal. Worst. I don't have anything to do today. I'm an unemployed college student. I don't have. I don't have anything to do today. So this he's got his concert t-shirt on, right? flip flops, yes, and a freaking loco, baby. I've got. I've got one thing. I have to go to one part, like an hour's worth of orientation on Thursday because I've already done that. I don't have anything else to do this week. My wife is headed out of town again, so it's me and the dog chilling. We're so you're like good. Xbox. Yes. He's at home on Didn't Xbox. I, see this? I, th- I think I've seen this movie before with Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> back to school, wasn't it? Dude, I will show you guys. You, you, you're not going to believe it, so I'm going to have to take a picture of it. But I actually, in preparation for this, found something that I got as a gag gift years ago. I have an Avengers lunchbox nice. that I am going to take and use at least once. I don't know if I'll do it with any regularity. I thought Chris was going to go with, oh, speaking of Rodney Dangerfield and back to school, back when I lived in Honolulu, I used to coach diving for this boys club, and we had to hold a watermelon when we got on the high jump. I had my my own pet dolphin back then. I used to ride them around. Oh you would take me to orientation. You, you guys my just, mom would drop me off at magic class with Harry Houdini. All right, so would, you guys, you, you guys just invoked a dolphin into this. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. However, that did remind me of something this weekend because I've been watching bad TV for the last week. Um, if you haven't seen Sasha Baron Cohen's new show. He has a new series running on Showtime called Who is America? Must see TV. Absolutely must see TV. And like the first segment of the first episode, there is a bit about a dolphin that I can't relate on the air. I'll tell you guys what's going on. Mm. But if you haven't seen this, it's on Showtime. Check it on demand. The first three episodes are up. Sasha Baron Cohen, check that out. It is must see TV. It's next level. Um I have a true or false question for you, gentlemen. True or false? Dun, dun, dun. The top four quarterbacks in the NFL, as we sit here today, are all at least 34 years old. True or false? I'm glad this wasn't multiple choice. I'm going to say false. You're going to say false. Me too, false. Okay. I've got as the top four <coughs> If this were to be true, Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Roethlisberger. <clears throat> who you got? Who uh, who is who's in that mix? I would say Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson. Oh my God! You're gonna you have let fantasy football take over your head. You there is you don't know no what, way you don't remember what Deshaun Watson was doing to the league last year. I I, got I remember. I, I remember, mean, but no, it's not fantasy football. By the way, Roethlisberger, is he even in the top 10 anymore? Well, I think he's consistently maybe in the top 10, but he would be the one guy I would have out there. I mean, Cam Newton's been MVP of the league, and Watson, I mean, he was setting the league on fire last year. I mean, Andy Dalton has had six-week stretches where he lit the league on fire and looked like the MVP, too. Hey, you man. can't put Deshaun Watson into this conversation yet. That That's that's a non-starter. 
Well, what are you – are you basing it on wins, the team results? Or are no, you I mean, I'm just saying the best. And, and you can say Deshaun Watson – I mean, what did he play? Five weeks? Six weeks? And, and, and I remember last year – I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it was a touchdown stat – that we were talking about a player in week 11 who had just tied Deshaun Watson's – Touchdown stat. Oh, I, I mean, I don't don't get it twisted. Ben Watson big, was out for like three weeks know, before right? that. I'm a I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I hope he's the Michael Jordan of the NFL. But you're talking about a guy that's coming back off an ACL, and you know played for six seven weeks before he went down. He may be able to get into that conversation, but he's got a he's got a whole lot of track record. He's got to establish first. As far as I'm concerned, Trent, Brandon says Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson are in that. Um, Where's Carson Wentz? See, to me, I think he might be – if somebody's going to knock out Big Ben, it's either going to be Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson. Okay, so But I don't know the age of Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson, what is he? I don't know, 27, Yeah, I don't know. He's not that. But as far as I'm concerned, I think if anybody is lower on that list, it's Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that's because Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz, I would feel, would be better than that. Okay, so you you do agree that in the top – that the top three are Brady, Rodgers, Breeze? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Brandon, will you take that? Brady, Rodgers, Breeze. Yes. Okay. Take that. So the question is with regard to Ben Roethlisberger. Can I ask you a question real yeah, quick? Absolutely. Outside of Super Bowls, which I may have just answered my own question, why is Ben Roethlisberger always ranked ahead of Phillip Rivers in people's minds? Because the Steelers are always vying to win the AFC. I'm talking about pure quarterback play. Though. I mean, what it comes down to is the quarterback is there to win the game. And if you look at the numbers – Roethlisberger's numbers are as good as anybody. People sleep on how well, the production that comes out of there. Rivers is a guy, man, to me. Dude, Rivers. Rivers is nasty and has done it with bad supporting casts. But Rivers when Rivers just always finds a way to Clemson. He's the Dabo Swinney. No, he's not even the Dabo Swinney because Dabo has won national championship at this See, point. See, to me, he, he's the Mark Richt he, of NFL quarterbacks. To me, and y'all are going to jump all over this, but what, what if if he were to win two rings late in his career, any more like Elway? Yeah. So now, uh, without a doubt, here's my here's my issue with that whole thing, and this is what I did with Elway and Montana my whole life. All right, you flip Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. And I bet you Phillip Rivers would have more Super Bowl rings than Roethlisberger does. You're saying if you put Rivers onto the Steelers and vice yes, versa, maybe. Because look at the divisions. Look who Phillip Rivers, his whole career, the teams he's had to play in the AFC West. What? what? You're talking about you're talking about the Steelers who have had to play the Ravens twice a year. Okay. Every year. You're talking about a team that has won a world championship. What? Yeah, but okay, they had, but they what also had team the, has they had in their division two wins every single year since Ben Roethlisberger's been in? Cleveland's okay. been a gimme. Got okay, and so there's no gimmies in the AFC West. Dude, the Raiders were horrible there for a very no long time. There is no gimmies ever in the AFC West. Dude. Seriously, Dude. Chris. 
The Chiefs have gone through some bad iterations, were, but and the Raiders, the Raiders didn't finish five hundred. None of them were the Cleveland Browns. That's true. That, I mean, that's valid. That yeah, you got the two wins. So, however many years times those two wins are two more wins. Philip Rivers, I think he could have been. He would be number two on the list right now if he was a Steeler. I, I, I'm not going. Those two wins don't mean that. I bet and you their stats the problem, are very close. So here's say, the, Antonio Gates. in terms of in terms of production. Yeah, but when you look at a team that goes, what did they go fourteen and two through the regular season, and then they're out in the first round? Ladanian Tomlinson and Antonio fault. Gates, dude. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, AFC West is way. They've been way I, more no, no, powerful. No, but, but that has nothing to do with what you do once you get to the playoffs. I mean, you can come in at fourteen. So who and did two. he get? He knocked out by I'd every single year. Peyton Manning. I don't. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, he got knocked out basically every year by Peyton Manning and the Colts. They couldn't beat him. I mean, Roethlisberger beat him, and and you're you're talking to a guy. I hate Ben Roethlisberger. Peyton Manning. Oh yes, he did. Oh yes, he did. Roethlisberger, absolutely one hundred percent. Always had the benefit of the the Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, uh, until like. If look at Russell Jake Wilson, Jake Plummer, Roethlisberger let's, got to the Super Bowl because he beat Jake Plummer let, in the AFC let's Championship. Let's take Russell Wilson for an example. How good is he going to be with a like without having that defense that he's always had? Well, I mean, we already saw that last year as the yeah. defense fell off. Russell Wilson is not an elite quarterback. So Russell if you Wilson take that has away, a Russell Wilson has a unique skill set. He's like the guy from Taken. I have a very unique skill set. And I'll come in and kill you. But he has to have the right pieces around him because if he can't get to, you know, the MacGyver type stuff to yeah. Russell Wilson, you're 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 comparing apples and oranges. No, I'm what just you guys comparing- said is right. If you take Philip Rivers production through his career and measure it against Ben Roethlisberger, it's probably similar. I'm just saying the team that Rivers has had, and of course he had uh Ladanian, which is awesome. But he's never really had – I mean, he's had a great tight end, but name name a couple of his wide receivers. I would ask, ask the average person to name a couple of his wide receivers. I, I, would, I would take that at face value, except when you look at what the Steelers have done, it's been a parade up until Le'Veon Bell. It's been a parade of – Late round undrafted free agents at running back. I mean, Antonio, and they take and the Antonio Brown. Who was Anto, Who in this room had heard of Antonio Brown when he came out of college? Yeah, but it doesn't matter if they're good when they get here. They're well, good when they get. Here. Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace was an All Pro caliber wide receiver when he was in Pittsburgh. What's he done since he left? We'll talk about that on the other side. We'll continue talking about the NFL, and at some point, we got to talk about Urban Meyer. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. 
Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. I got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. I'm on a dance, I gotta sing, a rock song. All right, welcome back from the Chief Seats. Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, talking some NFL. And the argument right now seems to be about Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. I'm going to tell you that from my perspective, the correlation between two guys, I think Roethlisberger and his couple of Super Bowl rings puts him in a different class as Phillip Rivers. The guy that I liken to Phillip Rivers, just a few years younger, is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's lit it up, looks, you know, the part, does his thing, and doesn't win the big football games. Even with, like, a 80-point lead. Yeah, right? <laughs> big and, and, you know, Ryan got to the Super Bowl. Rivers has not. Rivers, people don't like Phillip Rivers. Well, he talks a lot of trash. He, he talks a lot of trash, and I think the trash talking, there's a part of that that, that people dig. He whines. Yeah, he's a crier. God, he throws his arms around. Do you know? Slams his helmet around when he doesn't get the calls. He cries, and he's got like, how many kids does he have? 12? 20. Jeez. Um, it's 2018, man. They got pills for that. Who was okay? I'm going somewhere with this. He played at NC State, right? Yeah. Who was the defensive player that came out of there that was so good? Mario. Yes, Mario, Mario Williams. They played at the same time, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> Did they or was Mario Williams after? I think Mario Williams came behind him. I don't know that they were well, there just at the same time. Look up that stat. Okay. But Philip Rivers, uh-huh. the best record. They ever had at NC State with Phillip Rivers, which everybody feels like that state's heyday was nine games. Mm. So who was just, the better who was the better NC State quarterback? Roman Gabriel or Phillip Rivers? Oh, you're just gonna leave Eric Kramer out of that? Oh, I, Eric Kramer, look out. Yeah. Isn't he yeah. the all time leader in fumbles in the NFL? Something I think he's on that list. Eric Kramer had a little bit of good run with the the Bears, right? Yeah, I mean Kramer played for everybody at one point or another. He was a lion. I love him. A he lion. was a lion. So I will give while you're looking that up, <clears throat> Big Ben, his QB rating 
hasn't been lower than 90 since 2008, which back in 2009, it was 100. He's broken 100 twice. So maybe I'm shortchanging Big Ben a little bit. I'll okay. Give you, props. you can, and you can, because like I said, I'm a I'm a Big Ben hater. I can't I can't stand that dude. Um, and he should have been suspended when he raped that girl in the bathroom. But I digress. So next question, <laughs> Andrew Luck, twenty. I gotta bring something off air, dude. I know that's bad radio, but you just made a comparison. Didn't we have a conversation the other day? You said that Kobe didn't do it. And, Kobe did and, not do and it. And Ben did it. How do you know? Were you both places at the same time? Uh, there were witnesses there that said Ben did it. Oh, okay. Um, Kobe, I I just don't think just Kobe know, did it. Because the Mamba, he just wouldn't what? do that. Kobe right? did it. It wasn't. It was consensual. Though. I agree that it was consensual. All right. Talking about football, let me ask you a question. Are the Giants about to mess up this Odell Beckham Jr. deal? Because, you know, we hear all the time. All when the when time. you say mess it up, are they going to mess it up like Trent and his little text alert? No, it's not me. It's Who mine. Is it? Never it's me. Mine. Oh, is it you? Oh, my bad. I got both devices going off got at the it. same Man, time. Man, I get blamed for everything. Um, so are they going to mess up the so, Odell extension? So what do we say about players or the media say about players that don't show up and they're like, oh, you know, we all kill these players. This guy's shown up for everything, OTAs, everything. His agent walks off the field with the out of deal in place. He's arguably, what, top three best receiver in the league? Mm-hmm. And we just got done talking about a whole segment about how certain quarterbacks haven't had like high-end targets in the league. They're so important to the way offenses run now. Why are they stalling out on OD, Two th- OBJ? Three things. First of all, Odell Beckham doesn't want to get paid like the highest wide receiver in football. He wants to get paid like a quarterback. And the economics of the NFL, you are handcuffing yourself if you drop that kind of coin into a receiver. Mario Odell Williams Beckham. was a freshman the year that Philip Rivers got drafted okay. by. Okay. The so they, they they were like ships in the night. Yes. All right. So Odell Beckham is is on record saying he wants to get paid like a quarterback. The NBA has a very fluid salary cap where things change and you can construct your teams differently, and so on and so on and so on. The NFL is not like that. You basically have to allocate. X number of dollars to different position groups, and Odell Beckham Jr. can't get paid like a quarterback well, without pro- screwing up the economics there in New York. Well, the problem is is that they're nowhere close, according to this, according to Josina Anderson. What's up, Josina? She says the Giants are valuing Beckham at a total average annual rate below Chiefs' Sammy Watkins. Who has an average annual value of sixteen million on his current deal? Well, who would you rather have, <laughs> Sammy Watkins or? Well, I think the question is, who would you rather have, Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones or AJ Green? There's only so much money that can go to that. The other thing too is Beckham is a speed receiver. He's a speed receiver who's gotten hurt. He's one injury away from being a non-factor in terms of, of being a top-shelf receiver in the NFL. And don't discount – I, I want to call them antics, but I don't want to make too much of this. He's a, he's a lot. Well, look he's what antics has done to Des Bryant. 
Well, annex and age. Yeah. I mean, Des Bryant went from three three years ago being a no doubt top ten wide receiver, arguably top five. Now he's unemployed. Bro, if he had speed, he'd still be on the sideline yelling right now. He just lost his breakaway speed. Well, Simple he lost that. his breakaway speed and he lost his willingness to do the dirty work. He wasn't going to go over the middle. He he developed alligator arms. It was just weird to see him devolve. But his agent, I think I said this last week, um, should have been fired. When the Cowboys came to him and said, hey, let's explore a pay cut, his agent should have done whatever it took to make that happen. Instead, they were proud and like, nah, we'll walk. We'll go get a deal someplace else and you'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, well, how's that working out? So would you pay Odell $18 million a year? Well, here's the, other, here's the last piece of that. They, Odell has no leverage. He has no leverage. The franchise tag is there for the Giants to use. They have the fifth-year option, and then they have two years that they can franchise him, which means, yeah, they're going to pay him a pretty penny, which is right in line with what he wants to get annually anyway. But they can do it without having to commit to a long-term deal with all that guaranteed money and tying that up. It They, they don't have any leverage right now. The way the, the CBA is structured, the owner's – choke slam the players in the NFL every time they go in and negotiate one of these CBAs because the players get themselves caught up in stupid things like we don't want to be in camp x number of days we want we don't want to do two a days we don't want no contact in camp and they think they've won and the NFL owners are like sure you don't want to have camp you know you want to shorten camp no problem I don't think that this that the players union understands, well that means that all the staff associated with conducting those practices in those camps that's less money that has to be paid there. Cool, no problem. You want less contact in camp, that probably means fewer injuries. Cool. That's fewer medical expenses that we have to deal with. The players walk away with things like that and they're win. We get a little bit more vacation. We get a little bit more quality of life. And the and the owners end up with deals like they've got right here where these first-round draft picks are tied in for five years. And Odell Beckham, there is no doubt that he has outplayed his rookie contract. His first three years in the league, he's been money. He is a bargain right now. But the, the powers that be within the players' union are guys like Drew Brees, who are 40 years old, who don't care about what those rookie deal looks, deals look like. They want to know what those end-of-career contracts are going to look like, and they protect themselves. They have all the juice within the union. They're the guys that don't want to go to camp for extended periods of time. They run the union. The players have gotten what they what they deserve at this point. Beckham is not going to get a quarterback-type deal. And I think that if the Giants succumbed, and gave it to him, they'd lose because they will pay the price down the down the down the road. Even if Beckham performed as a top five receiver in the NFL, if they're overpaying for that and it's handicapping them with what they can do with other positions, it's not a win for the Giants. And frankly, Beckham, as good as he has been, is an undersized receiver when you start talking about the elite guys that are out there. He cannot do things that Demarius Thomas or Julio Jones or A.J. Green can do because he's just not that big. Can he run past you? Sure. Steve Smith could run past you too. And Steve Smith, Deshaun Jackson. 
Odell Beckham Jr. is a is a Deshaun Jackson without the the knuckleheadedness. Well, I'll tell you this: if you're a big market team or one of those teams that have been fortunate enough to land a big receiver, yeah, you don't think it's a big deal. But put yourself in a a Panthers position where they haven't had a receiver like a really good one since Steve Smith. Last three or four years, we have not. Now, Devin Funches might turn into a really nice receiver, and we've tried a couple of different pieces here and there. But that's uh, every year going in, it's O-line and receiver. We just don't have one. We've never answered it. If you put Odell Beckham Jr. on that team right now, whoo. But if you put Odell Beckham Jr. on that team, what does it mean that you can't get? Does it mean that you have to go, you know, that you don't get the lockdown corner? Does it mean that you can't, re, you know, re-sign your left tackle or your yes. – I get you, but like – I mean, I could take – Every team's got to deal with the same thing. You know, well, of course you they give do. Up. Well, I think but the you Giants can't go are in into a better it position. knowing that you're going to overspend by 7 or $8 million on a guy that th- there's only so much value there can possibly be. You can keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, or you can try something different. Just ask my man Dundon. In Raleigh, baby. I mean, you say that, but at the same time, the Panthers just went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Right. And they did it without a top-steer wide receiver. They even lost their number one, Kelvin Benjamin, who's now talking trash. Like, well, it's because Cam Newton I couldn't get in the weight room. I mean, come on. He's complaining that the the Panthers made him bad. The Giants can make this mistake and overpay Odell because they're looking in the very near future of being on a quarterback salary that is team-friendly. Okay, and that includes – And so – Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's talk about who that that quarterback-friendly deal, that team-friendly deal. Yeah, sure. Yeah. A rookie. They're going to have to replace Eli Manning. That's going to free up the money that they can overpay Odell until Odell's not worth it anymore. Then they have to sign their quarterback. What rookie are they going to plug in there? I don't know. They have to draft him. Right? Exactly. But they're going to have to do that anyway. We just said that the top three quarterbacks in the NFL are 34 or older. And then we went back and we talked about, well, the guys that might be on that list are Matt Ryan. um, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz may be, but it took the number one pick in the draft. The Giants are not going to be a number one pick in the draft type team for the foreseeable future. They just had that opportunity, and they decided to go running back. And they take the kid out of one of the California schools. Who's the guy that they drafted? Barkley? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the quarterback. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I don't remember. Right, we've we've been down this road before. Yeah. You either get really, really, really lucky, or you take a quarterback at the top of the draft. Yeah. They didn't do that. They're going to be okay. They may get into that spot where they're just good enough not well, to go get themselves a new quarterback. Well, how about this new rule change? Is speed going to be one of those things that is not as valuable as it's been in the past? Which rule were we talking about? The one where they only give you fifteen, not the spot of the foul. Right? That's coming along pretty soon, right? We'll examine that on the other side. You're listening from the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed 
completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from the cheap seats. And the question that Brandon has posed is whether or not the pass interference rules in the NFL have been changed, and they have not. This is something they've been discussing. Oh, okay. The only rule changes out there is this helmet-to-helmet stuff, which is amazing to me because the NFL says, well, there were only three plays last year that would have resulted in ejections with players leading with the helmet. Three plays last year. If there are not at least three ejections a week, right. I'll be surprised. Or maybe in the same game. This is going to be ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, it's, what's funny is I've been listening, and they've sent these teams of officials. They've actually held practices where the officials come in, and they spend a, an hour or two explaining exactly what a tackle is. And as soon as they leave, the players are even more confused. <laughs> I don't have any doubt of that. And the thing with it is, is these guys, these teams of officials can come in and they can they can make these explanations and they can present this stuff. But the bottom line is these guys are moving at top speed, maximum speed. Right. And the slightest little adjustment. There was a there was a a uh, leading with the helmet call <coughs> made in the Hall of Fame yep. game. Heard about it. Well, it was a perfect form tackle. He got his helmet inside the body to the side, which is what you do to protect yourself, and it was called for leading with the crown of the helmet. This this is going to be You can a mess. only hit the opposing player in the left pectoral muscle. That's about what it's coming to. Yeah, the, the rule says initiating contact with the helmet to any part of an opponent. Contact does not have to be to the opponent's head or neck area. Lowering the head in an initiating contact to an opponent's torso, hips, and lower body is also a foul. So basically, if you ever touch somebody with your head anywhere, you're getting a flag. I'm, I'm here the to wording tell you guys. is so... This open ended. This is extreme, and I, and I hate to throw. Isn't it this hard bomb. to fight back? Well, let's just do flag football then, like the get off my lawn guy. Dude, the answer at this point: take the helmets off, mm-hmm. or give them something more akin to a hockey helmet. I, I that's the only answer. This trying to legislate these things with these top shelf athletes, where they're they're coming together. 
And they're putting too much burden, too much responsibility on the defenders. There has never been a time where I saw somebody hit somebody with the crown of their helmet maliciously where I haven't been like, that's 100% clear what just happened there. Right. But every single week for the last two years in college football since they implemented this stupid rule, the targeting, yeah, there are plays where everybody in the building is like, you've got to be kidding me. There was no malicious intent. It just sort of happened in a helmet touch somebody. Well, I think it And least, now we're going to transfer transfer this over into the NFL. Great job, Roger Goodell. Well, here's Great the deal. Job. If you if you're going to try to do that, don't toss the player out of that game. Give it some time to review. If you're going to do something this stupid, don't throw him out then and go, "Ah, he probably should have played later." Right? That's what that's exactly what they've added to this. And the, people hate the officials already. We already complain. Hey, the NFL really needs to have full-time officials. Now you have these same non-full-time officials. They're going to make this call on the fly, and there are going to be people thrown out of games that are going to change the outcome of football games on Sundays. This is a horrible. Well, and I'll tell this you just another guarantees thing. that the uh, uh, Dante Burrage or whatever, what's his name? Perfect. Perfect. Oh, Perfect's already he been suspended. He will never play. He's already been suspended. <laughs> Down. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, Perfect Perfect oh, got fine. suspended already for a, an illegal hit. Perfect might not play 15 snaps this year. He well, in the shouldn't NFL, even put on his helmet. And James Harrison, this is why he just went ahead and retired <laughs> and finally pulled and called it a career. He's I'm, like, I'm this not, ain't I'm, my game this, no more. This ain't my game anymore. I you know, the, th- the funny thing about it is they put whole teams together to try to figure out why they're losing viewership. <laughs> And it's as simple as the fact, back when Krista Lambert was born in Honolulu, people knew how to play football. People put on the stri- their chin strap and played football. And I, I'm, I do fear, you know, Coach Larry Fedora, who will probably be fired after two weeks at UNC um, after he drops his first two games, basically got called out by a national media member by saying, what did he, what did he say? He said something stupid like CTE is – it's not proven that football causes it. He said something really stupid. But it is getting to the point where I feel like you're putting – if you've played any sport, the worst thing you can do is play not to get hurt. Well, the other piece of that, too, is that they're putting fans at risk because if banging your head into something hard causes CTE, you're going to have fans banging their face against their walls at home when their players are thrown out of the game for making a good football play. So we can so all get in. We're the all getting suit. paid. Yeah. The fans are getting paid. Yes. yes. Here's the you said when I was born in Honolulu back in the day. Here's the thing <laughs> is and I've been saying this for years to people most of whom do not have a significant football background. There is something when you and I played football and Trent, you played football in in school? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. There was a thing. It was called spearing. It was a 15-yard penalty. If you did it maliciously, you were probably going to get thrown out of the game. There was never a time from the time I played peewee football through the time I was in high school that I saw somebody get called for spearing and I wasn't like, oh, it was a thing. Now, I need to clear something up because I don't want to live a lie here. Um, I played football one year. And I was like, we were Them one boys of the best. I actually played for the the Cowboys. We got beat by the Vikings, and the um, I think the golf coach at NC State, Press McFall, threw the game winning touchdown on us. 
But anyway, long story short, I, I saw somebody. Darkenton. I saw somebody get hit, speared that year, and I'm like, "Yep, it's soccer from here on out." <laughs> and it didn't even happen to me, you know. I just saw somebody get lit up, and well, I was like, "So I mean, I'm not tough. I'm not a tough guy when I say, hey, let's just play flag football.' But I like to watch real football. Well, like, and the, the thing with spearing is leading with the crown of your helmet. That was a that was a penalty. That was a thing. Helmet technology got better and better and better. And what we grew up with was a generation of guys that stopped tackling. We stopped racking, ripping up and dragging people to the ground and started using that helmet as a weapon because they had no fear of hurting their head because tel- helmet technology had come along so far. Now we're trying to unteach and get back to form tackling. Brother, I grew up from the time I was in about fifth grade, form tackle, head up, wrap up, drive your legs. That was how we well, – now we're going back to that and trying to unteach. Part of your problem is go to Carter-Finley or Keenan Stadium and look at the Jumbotron during a break, and they're playing Hell's Bells. And what are they showing? They're getting – Knockout they're hits. People get laid out. But you know what? Brian Erlocker Brian went into the Hall of Fame this past week. If you want a synopsis of his career, form tackles, wrap up, drive, hurt them. Boom, I'm a big man, I'm taking to the ground. But you know what? When you're out on the corner or you're playing safety and you've got a guy coming across the middle, it's a whole lot sexier to try to wipe that cat out than to wrap him up and take him to the ground. Steve Atwater, man, Ronnie Lott, I'll take those guys any day of the week. Just come in and explode your face. But I guarantee you, when you look at Atwater and you look at Lott, there wasn't a time when they came out in the run game and tried to lay the kill shot without wrapping up. Would you agree with that or would you not? Or are they the problem? Is that where it began? I think that's where it began. I well, mean, I remember watching so you Steve blame Atwater Ronnie and Dennis Smith. I remember seeing on a Monday Night Football <laughs> Christian Okoya get hit by Steve Atwater and actually fall back like five yards. Well. And I don't think he tried to wrap him up. I think he came in and just pow. All right, we'll so since you. Ronnie Lott is like the toughest guy in the whole world. I'm not going to diss on I'm gonna, Ronnie Lott. I'm going to attribute that to Trent Nichols. No. Trent just blamed Ronnie Lott for CTE in football. Maybe finger loss. Dang it. Not CTE. I mean, that's how that's how that's where we've finger come, loss. right? We've come from a time where somebody goes, oh, man, my finger's hanging off. Let me snatch that off and go back into the game to today, right? Right. And, Neither one of them are right. <laughs> I mean, they say a great story about Dick Buckus where he hit a guy and then he sat there and waited, and if the guy got up, he would elbow him in the face so he wouldn't get up. Of course he did. So it's Dick Buckus' fault. Well, I mean, Don't try to get out of this blaming Ronnie Lott. Dick right. Buckus is old and probably can't take you. Ronnie Lott will still whoop <laughs> your behind. He'll forehand, forefinger yes. slap you. Now, I'll tell you one thing. is A majority of these play- players that I can think of are all linebackers. Um, what are they supposed to do? Because linebackers have gotten increasingly small over time, right? So you don't have to. They've land. gotten increasingly small. They've gotten faster, and you've got some undersized linebackers. But the guys that are that size, when when you look at a guy like Ray Lewis or Brian Urlacher, that was a legit four six in terms of speed, those guys didn't exist back in the day. And now you look and you fast forward. These guys are playing. It's not. It's not just the speed; it's the speed size combination. These guys are bringing it. Yeah, they're absolutely bringing it. 
And I don't know that you're ever going to have a professional football league in the United States that is going to be devoid of CTE. Here's the other piece. You ever been in a car accident? Yes. Trent, you been in a car accident? Yes. Dave, not if you've been in a car accident. <coughs> have of. you ever been concussed from a car accident? Not a no. car accident. Have you not? No. no. I have. My head didn't make contact with anything. We'll finish that thought on the other side. If you're listening on WDCC, follow us on over to the interwebs. Everything we do will include teasing trivia categories. You're listening to From the Jesus. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seas. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable Diamond Dave Kaplan is in the house. Still no brick. No. No. I, I don't think he's coming. No. Yeah. He, he he's mad about ten the, days ago that he wasn't going to be <laughs> I here. All right. I had a horrible Tuesday. I can't make it the next week. I don't know what's going on. So, um... <laughs> Damn, David Kaplan, that damn alert, man! I Dang. hope that's an important conversation that's going on over Kaplan there. is the equi- <laughs> Ka- Kaplan's the equivalent of an earthquake. He can bring the show to a stop, Dude. right? Yeah, I haven't been back, and 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 I start breaking stuff the second I walk in. Would it make you mad if I told you we're not going to talk about golf today? Yeah, I would. <laughs> it would. I probably wouldn't be back for four more weeks. Wow. Well. There, there's a there's a silver lining in everything, I suppose. All right, so NFL quarterbacks. In term, we, we we talked about this at the beginning of the show. In terms of who is the best, and that that's an arbitrary thing, obviously. But when you talk about best quarterbacks in the NFL, I want you to associate a number with Andrew Luck, 2018. Trent, go. This is okay. So this is what concerns me i'm looking at this list of the 31 best whose list 32 it's uh greg <laughs> rosenthal from the nfl uh, is he the guy that does the the tears yeah anyway, he's, he's around the nfl marks. editor okay what so his list he has andrew luck 
I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm unprepared. I had this earlier. But he has Andrew Luck on this list as number he's, – he's like number seven, right? But then number, number 31 is Andrew Luck's backup. So that's what makes me worried about Andrew Luck. So where do you put him? Because I don't really care about Graham Rothesall. <sighs> I mean, if he didn't have that injury, I think he probably could have snuck into the – he would have definitely been in the top ten. Right now, I put him right in the middle of the pack. So fantasy football, is he undraftable or do you tuck him away 13th, 14th round? Maybe that's the better question. I think question. he's a good backup quarterback for fantasy. Okay, I would draft a, him as my second quarterback. Okay, so what round? Throw a round out there. Twelfth uh, or lower. All right, Brandon. What round? Yeah. Uh, in fantasy, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about maybe ninth or tenth round. Really? That's that's higher than I but would expect. But is he your starter? Okay. Well, no. I mean, if you're if you don't have a quarterback by about your if you don't get one of the, what, the top four or five, then you're waiting to pass seventh round. Why would handcuff so, so I guess the question with that is, would you take Andrew Luck to be your starter, or would you take him as a backup hoping that he blows up and you stole it? No, I wouldn't take him, and I'll answer your first question, which he's probably like top 20 for me in the league. Okay. Cap? Uh, I would pick him after the kicker. Wow. <laughs> well, fair enough. Well, that's that's early though. If you're if you're that's, what, about that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you pick you, know. you pick kickers pretty early. You know. That's but if I, I had like Deshaun Watson or a quarterback that is coming back from an injury, I may take. Well, so is Andrew Luck. But I may take <laughs> Andrew Luck if he got injured or a quarterback that got injured. I may take Andrew Luck as my my backup. See, I'll do you a little Pray bit different. I don't know that I want to have two guys that I'm counting off coming off injury. I'd take him as a backup to a guy like Case Keenum, who is completely hit or miss if you got him as a as a fantasy mm, starter. Yeah. I don't know. But look, there's a lot of questions surrounding this guy. This dude hadn't played football in a very long time. And it's not like that Indianapolis offense is loaded. We saw that minus luck last year, they were atrocious. It's a good word for the day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Atrocious. Kaplan, can you spell atrocious? Sure, let me Google it. Yeah. So, who is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL in your mind? I'll start yeah. with you, Trent. Jeez. I know. I'm just I'm putting it on you. Since you have <sighs> your your stats yeah, you're together. looking at ESPN. Who whose list is this that you're looking at? No, but I don't know. Some NFL dude. Do you think he's more qualified to do this than you? No, I oh, just I was don't gonna say because we could get him on the show. Well, the, I will uh, say his list. The, the guy he's talking about. He takes. It's not his list. He goes around the league and asks everybody from the brass all the way to the towel guy. Okay, so when he's when he's talking and quizzing these teams, does he talk to the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, no, he then his list that. is no good. I think the most underrated, which is starting to change, but I think Marcus Mariota is my most underrated quarterback. Now, funny that you say Mariota. I'm going to jump completely off this because you guys are like, I'm I don't glad know. I Unless, do, you, do you have anybody that sticks out in your head cap as underrated NFL quarterbacks? Well, he's not really underrated, but I bet you would probably put him like top eight or ten. Who's that? Would be Strafford. And I think he could be 
he is he statistic. is he related to Stafford? Of uh, Stafford, that's what I meant. You know what I mean? No, you missed in Detroit. Yeah, I take Matt Stafford over a lot of guys. Right. Yeah, I would too. That's my point. Is is I think uh, you know Brady, Rogers, all those are Carr. They're all going to be named in front of them, but I don't know if they deserve to be. It's kind of right. my point on that. Brandon, anybody that sticks out in your mind is underrated. I think year in and year out, Eli Manning is kind of underrated for some reason. Like, I mean, the guy's got two. Okay. I mean, you know, fantasy reasons, he's almost non-existent, right? But I'm talking about guiding your team, winning Super Bowls, year in and year out. He's like number 25 on this guy's Throwing list. interceptions. Yeah. Word. All right, I'm going to start on this side of the room this Thank time. Thank you. Right? I'm going I'm to I'm gonna give you a break. My brain What hurts. is going to be – the best division in football this year? The best division, it comes down to two for me. I think the best division in football in the AFC is the West and the NFC South. The NFC South? Yes. Okay, the NFC South always ends up being a battle royal. Yes. I mean, you're talking about four teams that, I mean, every year it's a different team that wins that division. The Saints – the Panthers, the Bucks, the Falcons, yeah, and man, it's a tough. And, one. and those teams typically after during the playoffs do something. They do a little something in the playoffs. They're rarely like one and done. Fair enough. Like last right. year, the Saints really should have gone to the Super Bowl, but things happened. <laughs> things happened. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I was thinking the NFC South. NFC South. Right. You don't look far out your window when you're. When you're looking to you, no, it's, it's, it's a, bit a couple of hours up the road. It's a little homerish. It is. If I asked you what the toughest conference in football is going to be, NFC South, <laughs> <laughs> the ACC, right? ACC and basketball. Yeah. All right, gotcha. SEC right. and football. I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up. As much as I've always been an AFC West fan, I think the best division in the AFC team wise is the uh, AFC South. With Jacksonville, you, you Tennessee, just, and Indianapolis. You just crushed my soul. I'm sorry. I thought – I love Jacksonville. No, I thought I was going to be able to, like, get you guys fired up. I think the AFC South might be the best football – our best division in football, and it all hinges on luck. You look at NFC Houston, West is my other pick. The AFC West? NFC, NFC West. West. NFC West will be okay. That's going to come down to whether San Francisco and Arizona are any good. And I got real questions about Arizona. Jimmy Garoppolo, have you guys seen who his new girlfriend is, allegedly? Mm-mm. <laughs> Kiara Mia. Look her up. Mm. Kiara. Oh, K-I- I know who she is. A-R-O- <laughs> I saw now her. we know why the computer crashed. Are you familiar with Kiara Mia? Isn't she like She's a professional film star. She's yeah. a professional. Yeah. Dave, look. are you familiar with Kiara Mia? Never heard of her. Now, of course you have not. But we'll we'll look her up. So, have so you Jimmy Garoppolo been, has been seen around town with Kiara Mia, and the fact that she is a porn star is not the most surprising part of this. She's in her forties. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is a young twenty-something, one of the most eligible bachelors in the country, in the world, to be perfectly honest. He and Prince Harry, up till Prince Harry tied the knot, just uh, you know a couple months ago, they were like neck and neck. You might, you and he's might out say there with a beat up. 40-plus porn star. You might say he he's looking for some experience. I He likes some curvy. He likes some curvy. Not, Richard, you're uh No, I haven't found pictures. You, you, you don't know how to get to those sites, apparently. Good yeah. for you. And Dave's going to tell us. Kiara Mia. Kiara Mia. 
is it is it actor? She is an actor. Yes, she is. That's uh, that quite an accomplished actress. Mall uh, dogs. Uh, so, BT Miami. Back to my thought. All right. The NFC, the NFC West, the Rams. Obviously, the the Rams in my eyes should be the favorites out of the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. I think it's Philly and St. Louis. Or St. Louis. Ha, there, I did it. The Rams. And Philly, I think are your are your two favorites. Anybody want to dispute that? Is no, anybody paying no. attention anymore? Yeah. No, I I hand this is the NFC is the Rams to lose with what they've got. It's right. it's disgusting. It's Golden State Warrior esque. It's it's Madden. Has there ever been a more underrated signing than the Rams adding Indomitian Sue to that defensive line? Uh no. Nobody's that hasn't even hit anybody's radar screen. What about the trade for Man, Talib? <laughs> I, I mean, it's so ridiculous. With I got you. Signing no. That's Boogie Cousins right there. That's Cousins going to Golden State without the. I mean, but it's the difference both, is the Rams don't have any rings. Yeah, I know, and that's the problem where you can't compare mm. them. But Sue, as crazy as he is. Dude, genius! I don't know that that folks that aren't deep fans of the NFL, I don't know that they appreciate how good Aaron Donald is as Mm-mm. a defensive tackle. And they're not paying him yet. No, but they don't have to. But they don't have to that because that's the way the CBA is structured. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald should be a serious candidate for MVP in the NFL every year. For the last couple and for the next couple. And now you take Indomitian Sue, who is an absolutely transformational athlete at the defensive tackle spot. I honestly, if these guys play to their potential, this may be the best tandem of defensive tackles we've Mm -hmm. ever seen play together ever in the history of football. And Sue's been resting the last couple of years. He has been coasting. The problem that Sue has had in Detroit and in Miami is that Sue didn't want to play him within the system, and he wanted to freelance. The thing that he's got going out there to St. Louis, I said it again. I'm a, you know LA. what? New rule. It's not the L.A. Rams. It's the St. Louis Rams. Oh, wait a minute. Can't be the St. Louis Rams because they were the L.A. Rams before. But the thing with the Rams is you look at that defense, Sue doesn't have to play Superman. Mm-mm. He can match up and, and and maintain gap responsibility. What that defensive line could be is unreal. You're already talking about a top five player in the NFL with Aaron Donald, and now you add Sue, mm-hmm. as enigmatic as he may be. If he plays well, St. Louis <laughs> – 14-2. St. Louis. I, that's I blame. Three I blame. Times. I blame Gilbert Arenas because <laughs> he got he changed the the bullets to the the Wizards, and apparently he's gotten in your brain about St. Louis I, as well. Hey, we've times. been saying the San Diego Chargers all day, so it's fun. Oh, we did. Didn't we? Yeah, we have all God. the even outside. I wow. San Diego, L.A. Wow. You, have you know what though? You know what? That, but L.A. Nothing. deserves to be L.A. Rams. There's there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than that. And you weren't here last week, and I realized as soon as we went off the air, we actually – I'm not going to lie. 
Bricky and I sat up in here and we made googly eyes at each other and we were like, what are we going to talk about? And part of it was baseball. We'll finish the thought on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. There's my girl, Greta Zanstra. I miss Greta so much. She Mm -hmm. has moved on. Where is she? Gone. Atlanta. She gone. Yeah, she gone. She gone. Uh, um, she is coming back around for a little bit to kind of come get her stuff, and we're going to see if we can get her to come in and voice some new stuff. But yeah. I have to relate something to the two of yous. Yes. Um, and, and Trent, this will play for you as well. Um, so last night I was putting together my schedule for the next couple of months, and you guys know I'm in school, so I was programming in. Also known as being un- unemployed. I know. I love it. All right. So I'm plugging in all of my my courses or my my class dates and and it's a I end up being in class 11 times a week. Well, on Mondays I have one class and that's at 11 o'clock. And I was complaining to my wife that sucks. I got to drive all the way to Durham to go to class for 50 minutes and then drive all the way back. Well, and I said that like five times, and she. A- why aren't you there? Because it's summer. Oh, okay. All right. That starts next week. Okay. Gotcha. So I, I actually let those words come out of my mouth, and she looked at me like she does, sort of half sideways. And I was like, "That's you don't you don't get it? That's stupid. I got to drive all the way up there for one class and then drive all the way back. And she looked me dead in my eye, and she said, Chris, you are a grown-ass man who just said he has to actually do something that's going to take three hours of a day, and you're complaining about it. And I she was, was like, like, perspective. When she Thank was, you, honey. When she was it. at the altar, she she had no idea that she'd be married to a millennial yeah. at this stage in the game. Right? Right. So, Jeez, yeah. I got to drive. I got boy. I got it. Boy. Then I'll come home and take a three-hour nap. <laughs> Play Fortnite. Yeah. Mike. I still haven't jumped on the Fortnite bandwagon, but Mondays would be a great day for it. I right? love it. Yeah. Actually, see, I'm thinking I can go. Monday might be my golf day. I there don't. you go. But I did. I I recognized at that point that. And the restaurant's not open on Monday. No, it's not open so for lunch anymore, right? That's kind of the point she was making. Is I don't have anything to do on Mondays except yeah, study. drive 45 study. minutes. That well, and the study piece is something, but I can manage that when I want to do it. And blah blah blah. blah. You should do a radio but show I, on Mondays. I should do a radio. That's a great idea. We'll do a radio show on Mondays. But <laughs> that that thought popped into my head because Brandon and Cap both were like, "Hey, finish the segment. I got to bounce." And I'm like, "Well, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, I ain't got shit to do. You right. guys have got grown up stuff to do." 
Let's talk about the Florida Marlins. Oh, man. I'm no, just kidding. I, I'm kidding. I'm here, kidding. Here, I'm kidding. Whoa, whoa. here, I want to make one statement, Trent, and I want you to I want you to hear this because this affects it, you. Is it the Miami Marlins? Yes. It no, was in the Marlins. Thanks for getting the joke. It's the Miami Marlins. I no, got the Florida. joke. I got the joke. It'll Thank never you. be Miami. It'll never ever be Miami. It'll be the Florida Marlins. But Trent, I'm gonna tell you this, and I want everybody out there listening. We clowned Bryce Harper. Going into the All-Star game, he's sitting 219, I think, at the All-Star break. Was an All-Star. Probably top vote-getter in the entire National League. I, mm-hmm. I can do that without having to look it up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I can assure you, the real Bryce Harper has returned. Is and he's a- hitting about 400 since the break. Yep. His on-base percentage is about 500, and he's going the other way again. And Bryce Harper, by the end of the season – will be hitting about 285, and he'll probably be in the top five MVP-wise. Is his, Just saying. Is his, yeah. da- is his dad that. still pitching to him? Is that what happened? I, no. I, you know, it's funny because the odd thing, him having won the home run contest over the course of the last five or six years in particular, guys that have won the home run contest have tanked in the well, second yeah, half. That's right. what I was going to say. And it's yeah. been attributed to, well, you know, their timing is off or they got tired or whatever. Bryce Harper won that joint in dramatic fashion, even though he cheated. They cheated. They did cheat. He won it, but Harper has come out in the 15 games since the break and is lights out. Like Aaron Judge had, like, what, 30 home runs going into the home run derby, and then the whole rest of the year he hit 10. Yeah, Like everybody. It's almost a known fact. I never want my players in the home run derby because they will not hit. And some, of, and some of the guys now are starting to – they're I don't want any part of it. I loved seeing all those Cubs in the home run derby because now hopefully they all will stink. But I'm here yeah. to tell you, Come on, man. Bryce Harper is back. He's on fire. And he's the, the big thing is he's hitting the ball the other way again. He's willing to take what the defense has given him through that shift. Bryce Harper is lights out right it's now. Not, it's not about the home run derby and all that with Bryce Harper. It's You know what sparked him? Uh, he needs to get paid this offseason. The trade rumors. It's time to that, get paid, dude. I, I he think needs that that to show that had. he's worth. Because everyone said, who's going to sign him? He's hitting 211, yeah, 214. But, yeah, but they're ignoring yeah. the fact that his on-base percentage is about 340. But he's, he's ready to make buku bucks. But so. I think that the whole Nationals team may have been galvanized a little bit about that because right. the talks were, well, we're going to blow the whole thing up, whatever. Washington is no joke. They came out and scored 25 runs the day after the All-Star game. I am well aware. And that that lineup, when you look at it, Juan Soto as a rookie, if you guys haven't seen this kid, he's 19 years old. This kid is nasty. Well, we said all along, and I said all – well, we've said – once they get healthy, Washington's not a joke. (laughs) I mean, they're not a pushover. And I wouldn't be surprised if they catch – the Braves and the Phillies and win the East because the I Braves ex- and the Phillies are like three years before they should be even doing anything. I expect Washington to do it. And yes. the thing that I think with Washington, I think they've moved past Steven Strasburg. I really do. In the clubhouse, I think Steven Strasburg is a second-class citizen. Scherzer is the ace of that staff, and they've moved off. Strasburg has been up and down. The attitude, the injuries, everything else, I think Strasburg is not part of that core anymore. Mm-mm. And we'll see. Washington's nasty. All right. Before we move to Dave and he tells us about how great Justin Thomas is, Brandon, what do you have to contribute before you bounce on us? I've heard that people are playing naked golf in Australia. What? What's that nice. all about? I don't know. 
There's a nudist colony. I heard it on the the. I'm st- talking about calling things, but they should be called. I heard it on the Mike and Mike show this morning. <laughs> right. But there, well I'll throw this golf. Even though you don't know anything about it, but can you imagine playing golf naked? You I don't think shoes. I'd enjoy that too much, to be honest. With you wear shoes and a hat, but then you get sunburned in the wrong place. You just start swinging just once, and then you yeah. tan, and you're good. You start, you start swinging. <laughs> yeah, it might it might mess your uh, waiting off. Up, I'm, you know. I'm all about it. <laughs> Who wants to go play naked golf when we get putter? Dude, all right, y'all have at it. <laughs> have fun with that. Just don't yeah. lose your balls. I have seen some uh, kind of fringe LPGA players who will go out play and play naked? in bikinis. No, they'll play in really? bikinis and have. I think they're just trying to improve their marketability. I'm Got sure uh, there's a lot of dude. Other- that's the that's the crazy thing about the LPGA is the LPGA. You've got two entirely oh, separate yeah. components. You got one, and this is something nobody likes to talk about, but you've got. Those that appeal to a fringe element in society, mm-hmm. and it—I mean, it's documented right. that there are there are lesbians who follow the LPGA so they can follow these golfers, and that's their thing. Whether the whether it has anything to do with the sexuality of the golfers or not, but then you have this other segment. You got some hotties on tour, right? And it's been that way and been picking up steam for the last five or six years. But as much as their ability to shoot well counts. It's almost as if they're like, "Hey, you know." Right. We had it had the, the women's British dynamic. Open. Um, uh, Georgia Hall won, uh, who's actually uh, a Brit. So that was a pretty good storyline. Uh, she held off uh, a Thai player named Porna Pong or something of like course. that. Some yeah. some weird name. That's I, a good drinking game, right? There. I know it is. Porno <laughs> Pong. <laughs> Porno <laughs> Pong. Look it up. Look it up, Trent. Look it up. See who. Oh, look at Cap. Before you finish the no, thing, I agree with you. What's yeah. screwing and Georgia's it up? A, Georgia Hall's an uh, attractive what, lady. What's screwing it up marketability-wise is the South Koreans. Right. Because <laughs> the South Koreans, are they seem to be completely devoid of personality, right. of marketability. <laughs> so you've got both of these segments we just talked about at this point that are, what just happened? Did you find the name? Yeah. Am I right? Isn't that oh the girl's name? Oh, my God. Dude, that's a game. Yeah. We should trademark that. Yeah. What was her name? What was her is? Well, I can't pronounce names to save my life, but it's... Does it look like porno pong? Porno... Pornonog Fatlum. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I saw that name on the uh, on the golf channel. I was like, whoa. But anyway, uh, there's they, two Thai players that finished up there pretty high. Didn't they and two South try- Koreans. The Americans were void of and, the leaderboard and that's in, the at the British Open. Is it those, those Asian markets, there is, I mean, how much traction they're going to get is limited. In South Korea, these ladies golfers, they're rock stars. Right. But you're talking about a tiny, tiny, tiny buying public. Yes. As it applies. Yeah. Yeah. And and none and then well, I wouldn't see them trying to go out and improve their marketability by playing in Well, every time no, you wouldn't want some of them to. Remember Annika was kind of the face of women's yeah. golf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I went and saw her US Open face to face and she did, she looks different on TV, but then there was that one um Michelle that lady, we, but she couldn't Michelle play that Wee. well. She's okay. She, she's but still they around. they need a dominant player. Yeah, I mean, you had like Natalie Golbus. Uh, Golbus was you, supposed to be the savior of women's golf. Right, very marketable. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's a few more. Um, Limpscomb, 
Um, I mean, there's a few more out there. Brooke Henderson is a Canadian player. Uh, and, and they they just don't make it to the level that Annika did. Right. Uh, and as far as being dominant. And I think you need that sort of person. The, the ones, to, to Chris's point, the South Koreans who have been dominant at various times have absolutely no personality, no marketability to them. It's just go out there, play golf, and win. Right. Yeah, so, this, speaking of marketability, this dancing that we saw from – Phil Mickelson this <laughs> That was something else. Wasn't How it? closely is that tied to hitting the moving ball a couple weeks ago? I don't know. You know well, I think, I, think it's, other- I think it's more closely tied to the Thanksgiving matchup between Woods, the one-on-one matchup between Woods and, and um, Mickelson. He's just trying to get some attention on that. Yeah, just get some. I thought it was pretty funny. I, they, I, apparently, I he, my, what's my, that called, the worm or whatever? Apparently, he literally does that. No way. That, that's like his drunk party trick. Yeah, right. I right. had no idea. Yeah, that's y'all, that's what they say. Are y'all looking forward to that match, the one on one? Is that no. must? It might be. Game? Hey, you know, everybody said Tiger will win this year. That might be the one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might that might be how he does it. You just got to beat one guy, and he'll still make the top ten in money finishes. <laughs> that's right. That's amazing. Yeah. We got a half an hour to go. You're listening to from the cheap seats in Central North Carolina. Thanks for hanging out. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and Diamond Dave Kaplan. Brandon Atkins has left the building. And Robert Bricky never showed up. No more dings. Yeah, no more dings. God, I don't know what that was going on. That must have been like uh, condition critical. Something going on. I know. You know we need to get a, a sign that says, please put phone on silent mode. Hey, something, it was something like for real. I think he had to go perform brain surgery or something. I don't know. But uh, that's multi talented. Anyway, back to the LPGA for a second. I think that, you know, we talk about, well, are the Golden State Warriors good for basketball? You know? <laughs> and in a case like this with the LPGA, LPGA it's funny that we invoke Annika Sorenstam. As the face of the LPGA, because since then there hadn't been anybody that we can really associate. The there, game there was with. Uh, Lorena Ochoa. Yeah, okay. Who, the who only was, one I could say is was uh, really dominant for a while, but and somewhat marked. Michelle Wee. 
Michelle Wee. Can yeah, do Michelle it. Wee. Yeah. And how yeah. many how many tournament wins does Michelle Wee have in her in her bag? Half a dozen, maybe. Yeah, she yeah. had a couple majors. Yeah, I mean, it's been a nice career, but it could have been you know to see her when she was 14 years old hitting at 300 yards, and I mean, it, you would have thought, but she can't putt. Yeah, and that's that's ultimately become the problem. She She's not bad to look at though. No, not gonna no. lie. Yeah, All driving right. those little Kia Souls. Is <laughs> <laughs> so this weekend, Justin Thomas. He's yeah. back into the consciousness. He's been kind of hanging, lurking in tournaments up to this point. We're headed into the PGA Championship down yeah, the road. He's playing well. Uh, Justin Thomas, do you take him against the field? No. No, not against the field. But I think he would be my favorite. Ironic thing is in Vegas right now they have uh, uh, Dustin Johnson, DJ, and Tiger Woods at 12-1. to 1, And then they have Justin Thomas at 15-1. to 1. There's no way that's like – legitimately accurate i guess it's just where money's going yeah i mean yeah they're kind of the favorite pick everybody wants to pick tiger that sort of deal because tiger shouldn't be a 12 to 1 maybe dj i could see dj and justin thomas being on the same i mean dj with the way he's hitting the ball i don't i I can't envision a tournament played in the next year yeah he's not a favorite 12 to 1 that sounds about right. I'll take right. that. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tiger 12 to 1. I'm not even I'm not even now, getting I, I will say this about Tiger. About it. Yes. I like his game. I mean, I like everything about it. The putting is really the weak point right now. I was going to say you just said Michelle we can't putt. That's the problem Tiger has yeah. right now. And if you look, you would go back and and Tiger used to say Hey, I, I won with my C game or my my B game or B minus game or whatever. And of course, it pissed everybody off because they're like, "Oh, well, you can beat us, and you're not even have to be good." But yeah. that's different now for multiple reasons. One is he used to get the ball in the hole, and that's become a little bit of the issue now. He's just not scoring well. He's hitting as good as he ever did. He's just not scoring well. Well, but the other thing is the field's a lot. Yeah, better. that's that's it. He's hitting the ball off the tee as well as he ever did, but everybody else hits it just as far as he does now. Right. Exactly. So that's the thing. Um, but I would put his iron game up even this last weekend against anybody right now. His wow. iron game is phenomenal. I mean, it's sharp, and it's just uh, and his chip. His short game's good, except when it matters. Uh, you know, if you look at eleven at the British Open on the back nine, he tried to pull off the miracle shot, and he didn't. He wasn't able to do I it. I think there's a lot to be said for the psychology when it comes to golf, and I honestly think that back ten years ago, twelve years ago. Tiger Woods, if he had a shot on Sunday, felt like this is my. It, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Now there's doubts, and you know, obviously, you have to say his his major dominance and and searching for Jack was derailed, probably mainly due to injuries. But you also but know, golf that, club through the back of the uh, window. Yeah, and then I was going to say personal issues has got to be up there. But you know what might be just as important to all of them is why Yang in 2009 beat him on the back nine after he held a 54-hole lead. He had never lost that lead before, and he lost the PGA Championship to none other than Y.E. Yang. Who has gone on to do nothing since Right, then. exactly. He was hitting hybrids when uh, Woods was hitting like eight irons into greens, and he was sticking them, and, and he beat them. And I think that might have been as crucial as his personal problems and his injuries. I mean, in 2008, he won a – U.S. Open on a broken knee. So here we are a year and a few months later. So maybe it was just uh, – uh, maybe it was quite impressive that he was competing in a major at that level again. But All right, so you're taking Justin Thomas in the uh, PGA Championship. Yeah, I also like uh, Tony Finau. 
He's okay. had a good major run this year. He was the dislocation, and but he's he's been about top ten. And Patrick Reed, he's been showing up in all the majors this year too. So I think they're two to look at. Uh, I'm taking Nick Price. Nick Price won in '92, <laughs> but uh, I don't think he'll be in the tournament this week. Maybe John Daly. Daly be nice. Yeah. <laughs> he's not playing. Either. PGA could use John Daly back on tour right now. Yeah, well, he you know he got into those pants. And uh, and then he lost a bunch of weight, and so the pants almost kind of worked. And now he's he's gained all that weight back, and he's got those loud pants and shirts. I, they, they got a name, but anyway, he's he's something else. He's a character. All right, tell us everything we need to know about the PGA Championship. Oh, uh, it'll be hot. St. Louis hadn't played there since '92. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I think it's going to be. I think you got a lot of people in the field that can win, and I think there'll be four or five coming down the stretch that'll be battling it out. You got water that can is going to come into play on four or five holes, which doesn't bode well for like Ricky Fowler. He seems to hit water in opportune times. Doesn't bode well for Tiger. He he almost plays water holes overly cautious, and uh, makes a lot of bogeys when he maybe could have been more aggressive. So we'll see. Um, I think it'll be entertaining. I think it'll be an entertaining golf tournament. I really do. All right. We got just a couple minutes later, or a couple minutes left before you have to run out and do adult stuff. Um, I'm going to ask you you said the NFC South, best division in football, right? Yes. Okay. And toughest. Over under wins. Atlanta, nine and a half. Over. Okay. So you think they're 10 wins or better? 10 wins. Carolina, eight and a half. I think they're ready for I, I want them to be over, but I think they're going to be under. Really? Yeah. I think I, they kind of, you know, they have a couple good years and then they fall off for a few years. So Okay. New Orleans, nine and a half. Over. Okay. Not going to bet against Drew Brees. And right. the Bucks, six and a half. Right on it. I don't. <laughs> they can't be right on yeah. it. It's six and a half. They're, they're going to tie a game. They're going to tie a game. Okay. All right. You can tie a game. Six nine and one for the for the Buccaneers. Six nine and one. You write that down, Trent. All right, Trent. You said AFC South is the best division in football. Is that correct? Yes. Indianapolis six and a half. Under. If Indy goes under six and a half, how can the AFC South? So six and ten, and it's still going to be the best division in football. Yes. All right. So Indy six and a half, Jacksonville nine and a half, over mm. eleven. All right, Tennessee eight and a half, over. Wow. Ten win team, and Houston eight and a half, over. Okay. So you think the power is going to be all be at the top, mm-hmm. and that Indy's just going to be okay in fourth place? I mean, I could see them winning eight games, but. I think about six games, depending on Lux. I think it's going to take Luck a little bit to get going. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you got the AFC West? I've, I honestly think – I came in here, I was going to say the AFC South. We probably ought to actually have a production meeting because I was going to say AFC South. I think all of the teams in the AFC South are over. Yeah. I think Indy will get back. I think Luck is going to do enough to get them back to at least 500. Right. And T.Y. Hilton is the best wide receiver in the NFL that people have forgotten. T.Y. Hilton, we were talking about speed receivers with 
Odell Beckham Jr. a little while ago. I think T.Y. Hilton and Odell Beckham Jr. are maybe the best two speed receivers in football. T.Y. Hilton hadn't had a quarterback for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Hilton can get back if they can run the ball, play a little bit of defense. If Luck, it, Luck doesn't even have to be the same Andrew Luck that he was physically a couple years ago. Just the fact that he's back there behind center means that team's going to play a little bit harder. They're going to they're going to be better. Now, if he's close to what he was before, I think it's 500 team. And the rest of that, Indy, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Jacksonville, yeah. bro, those are good young teams. Houston, Houston, for mm-hmm. real. Now, let's pivot off completely the NFL. Talk about college football for a second. I'm going to take one guy against the field to win the Heisman. And I'm going to see where you guys sit in terms of Heisman hopefuls for this coming year. Y'all ready? Yes. All right. Yeah. Who's your, well, first of all, let me start it out. I'll just leave it wide open for you. Who's your favorite? Trent. Anybody pop into your head right away? The guy I'd really like to see, and I think he might not even get there because they have the number one recruiting uh, quarterback coming to Georgia, is I would love to see Fromm be in that, uh, in that discussion. I think Jake Fromm yeah. is, is definitely going to be in the conversation. One, he plays on a really, really, really good team. But two, he's so supremely marketable. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to thank Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, for everything that's done to me. And the kid's perfectly quaffed, got the eyebrows that are, you know, done up. If he keeps his head right and doesn't get too full of himself, Fromm is going to put up the kind of numbers that have to get some attention. Cap, you got anybody that sticks out to you? Well, I, I don't like Jalen Hurts. Well, my question, since you but, since you brought he's, in, but Jaylen, he's going to play for the team that. You know. <clears throat> well, that's I'll, I'll pivot that into another question, just real quickly. Who's the starter for Alabama in Week Five? Is it that's, Hurts or yeah, is it Tua? That's the point. I think it still hurts. Do you? Yeah, I do. But I mean, you know, it, they're they're pivoting against each other to have a competition, which is supposed to make both of them better. But I don't think Hurts starts another Alabama game. What? Whoa! You think Tua that's starts Week time. One? Yep. Wow. You heard it here first. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll see how that all shakes out. What about a running back? Um, there's a couple running backs, and I'll just go ahead and tell you right now. To me, the Heisman this year is Bryce Love's to lose. That's what I was going to say. Bryce yeah. Love, if and I know that Stanford has a tendency to play these games that end about 1.30 in the morning. If you out there listening to this show have not seen Bryce Love play football, Damn. make it a point to watch like Stanford play. Football. That dude – is next level. And if he gets you we say it all the time, if he gets a step, he's gone. If he gets a step, he is gone, gone. Bryce Love. Was he right? He was up there pretty high in the voting last year. He was. Stanford fell off a little bit and he got nicked up. What did he finish like second or third behind? Well he uh, was in he was in New York for the I don't remember if he was second or third. And he, he, was he the made mix. the finals. Yeah, so he he's was. not a dark horse coming out of this. Right. But Bryce Love, if you haven't gotten a chance to see him play Watch Bryce Love. He's amazing. He set that record. The he college football be my record of 13 rushes over 50-plus yeah. yards. Yes. Love is – 2,100 yards last year he rushed. He is a legitimate track guy that is a football player first. But he that speed and that quickness, it is next level. Um, Bryce Love, I think, is my guy. 
Now, there are some people that are going to get some run that you may not be familiar with. The first is Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson was a quarterback at Ole Miss last year. He transferred in the wake of that whole implosion at Ole Miss and has been granted a waiver by the NCAA. He's going to play next year, 2018, for Michigan. Mm -hmm. He'll be the day one starter. There's going to be a lot of hoopla because it's the Jim Harbaugh machine. There's going to be a backlash about Ohio State with the whole Urban Meyer thing, so Michigan's going to be kind of the darlings. If Patterson gets off to a quick start, he'll be in that mix. Um, He's going to have a lot of attention. He's playing in a premium conference as the starter. Shea Patterson, most folks haven't seen him because Ole Miss has kind of been in the middle of the pack in the SEC. So pay attention to that. But the guy, there's another guy out here that most of America hadn't seen. Come back for that last segment on the other side, and I'll tell you who it is, and you can sound really, really, really smart for your friends. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to the final segment of From the Cheap Seats. We're the sole survivors. The sole survivors. Just Chris Lambert, Professor Trent Nichols here to finish this thing up. Everybody else has run out to do cool things. Actually, a lot of uncool stuff. <laughs> But before I forget, this week's trivia category at Libations, 6 o'clock. Libations on Chatham. Check them out on Facebook. We do this every Wednesday without fail. This week's category is Sesame Street. (gasps) Next week's category, since we're talking about the Heisman Trophy, we'll do Heisman Trophy winners. Or just the Heisman Trophy as a category. So there you are. Music-wise... We twisted this up last week, Trent, and I took a lot of flack for it, but I, I've, I've created a wrinkle in the music category. Huh. And last week we did Six Degrees of Separation, Sammy Hagar. Ooh. Yeah, people didn't dig that. They didn't know enough. They didn't know anything about <laughs> Sammy Hagar. We're going to do the same thing this week. We're going to do Six Degrees of Separation. This is going to be Prince. Six degrees of separation. So it'll have acts that are associated with him in some kind of way. And it won't be six full degrees. It'll be a degree or two of separation. But you'll have to identify the artist, the song, and how it relates back to Prince. So Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You for 400. That's probably one. Yes. That's probably one. Just got some. Now, there's a lot of others that are out there as possibilities, songs that he wrote for people, but that would be lame. Yeah. Because Manic Monday by the Bengals, he wrote that for them. Um, There there are plenty of examples of him writing songs for people, but it would be stuff with people that had hits that they covered, Prince, and, you know, maybe appeared in his movies, things of Hmm. that nature. Interesting. It'll be cool. So, Sesame Street this week. 
Heisman Trophy next week. And this week, one of your music categories will be Six Degrees of Separation, Prince. Yes. You like that? I like it. You coming over to play? Uh, No, I got to work. Yeah, your job sucks. I know. All right, so we were talking about the Heisman Trophy and leading into the break, um, we were talking about some candidates that are out there, and I told you the guy that most of America has not seen is Khalil Tate, the quarterback at Arizona. Lamar Jackson has moved on to the NFL now. Mm-hmm. In terms of dynamic quarterbacks in the NCAA right now, Khalil Tate is number one. Khalil Tate is the consummate dual threat. He's a long guy, shifty, great wheels, good arm, gets the ball down the field. Khalil Tate, keep an eye on him. Vegas carrying him at about 14-1 to right now to win the thing. If Arizona gets out of the gate quickly – He'll start to get a lot of run because he's going to make plenty of highlight reel plays for them. Now, some guys that are off the radar a little bit that I just want to throw out there so that I can say I did when they move into the conversation. First of all, J.K. Dobbins, the running back. He's a sophomore at Ohio State. Nasty, nasty running back. And then another sophomore running back, Cam Akers at Florida State. Cam Akers was the real deal. Florida State was horrible last year. Cam Akers was a bright spot on a really, really bad team. Um, look out for him. Anybody that jumps out for you? No, I mean, a surprise one out of uh, Houston, Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle. That's just somebody trying to sound smart. Yeah. Ed Oliver is a nice player, but a defensive tackle, especially at a smaller program like that that's not in the, in the national spotlight, uh, is not going to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, he already won the uh, College Football Interior Lineman of the Year. Awesome. He's got that under his belt. Awesome. So, <laughs> My question, I have a question for you. Yeah. So from, from Clemson, you probably have two legitimate candidates. And it's kind of odd because what we've come to fall in love with outside of Deshaun Watson for his tenure at Clemson has been big wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Been a steady procession of those guys through – this year coming in, the focal points of that offense are going to be Kelly Bryant, who has a full year as a starter under his belt. And you have Travis Etienne at the tailback position. Which one of these guys is going to percolate to the surface? Well, I initially I would have thought that Kelly Bryant was, but I think later on the year I saw some mental challenges that made me a little bit nervous about his decision-making. Um, but, you know, I think – if he's going to prove it, he's also going into an open con, uh, an open uh, competition for yeah, a quarterback whatever. too. <laughs> but I don't know, Kelly Bryant. I mean, it's it's his year to really shine and uh, get into that. All right. Well, the other conversation, the, only, the biggest question I have going into the entire college football season is what happens down there at Florida State with DeAndre Francois going into last year. He was sort of a darling, and mm-hmm. they got hurt in the Alabama game. His season ended, and with it, the Knowles tanked. Francois is back, and I'll be very interested to see what kind of impact he has. Willie Taggart down there at the helm. Um, my disdain for Jim, for Jimbo Fisher is well-documented. Mm-hmm. Willie Taggart's a hell of a football coach, mm-hmm. and there is no shortage of talent in the cupboard for Florida State. Florida State may be back. 
the question is in the ACC, are they even going to be the best team in the state of Florida? Because Miami's back with Malik Rozier. They were sort of in the national limelight, and then they ran off three straight losses and you know finished out of the running for everything. A couple of games they shouldn't have <coughs> lost, but that's kind of how Mark Rick rolls, isn't it? That is his uh... – it's his MO. Yep. All right. You want to talk about some baseball? Sure. We've got, I don't know, five minutes or so without anybody to mess with us. I like it. Uh, tell me something I don't know about the Major League Baseball season the rest of the way. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but yesterday the Boston Red Sox won their division. They didn't win their division. Yeah. No. They are now nine and a half games above the New York Yankees and the Yankees are not going to be able to recover. No, I, I the I, Yankees are going to win a hundred games and become one of three teams to not win their division. There is no chance, no chance. Do you hear me? That the Yankees are going to win a hundred games. Uh, I'm not sure that the Red Sox are going to win a hundred games, uh, but the Yankees will not win a hundred games. The Yankees will come up somewhere on the, underside of 95, but they will not win 100 games. And the Yankees, honestly, with the way they stacked this team up, I'm surprised that they're in second place um, by such a large margin over the rest of the field in the AL East. I kind of thought this was going to be a team that would win some games 11-2 to mm-hmm. or 11-9, to but would lose some close games because all the strikeouts, they've, they've, it's worked offensively. Their struggles have come from the mound. And Boston, I don't think anybody saw Boston running away and hiding. They're eight games up on the field in terms of best record in in the American League. And that is bananas to me because when I look at them on paper, there is no doubt in my mind, not a single shred of doubt, that Houston's the best team in the American League. And Houston sits eight games behind Boston at 71 and 42 right now. Um, and I just don't know why. Houston's got so much talent, so much depth. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a long season. I don't think that the regular season plays a. Houston's going to make the playoffs. Heck, well, I, Houston's, I would still Houston's think Houston's going to go to the World Series. Houston's pro, I, I'm going to say I'm going to call it right now. Houston's going to win their division. They're going to win the West. Oakland's four games back. Seattle is seven back, um, six and a half back. I, Houston's going to win that division. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Altuve's been dinged up, but I, I just don't think it matters. Houston's too good not to win that division. And honestly, I think that even with the Yankees in the mix. I really think all of this comes down to Boston and Houston playing in the ALCS. Yeah, no, I you agree with 100%. That? The National League is a little bit more complicated. And just to give perspective, Boston's won 79 games. The best record in the National League is 64 and 47. Boston is 15 games up on the Cubs. That's unbelievable. And there's a whole lot more parity in the National League because you also have the two worst teams in baseball in the American League with Kansas City and Baltimore. So you have this huge disparity 
And in the National League, I, dude, it's a toss-up. I'm going to tell you right now, I alluded to it earlier, I think Washington is back. And Washington on paper is, to me, the second best team in the National League. I've got the Cubs. How about you, Trent? Where are you going? Yeah, with that? as much as I, I hate, I everybody does now. I think, uh, I think it's the Cubs to to lose. Um, and man. it's it's amazing that the Cubs sixty four and forty seven. I mean, this is a team. When you look at it, it's it, it should be murderers row mm-hmm. in that offensive lineup. <laughs> and Joe Madden has been anointed. You know, this era's supreme sort of the bill belichick of major league baseball yeah he doesn't have his finger on the pulse of this team Mm -mm. rizzo struggled schwarber is a shell of what he should be chris bryant has been up and down a little bit this year javi baez is near the top of the league in rbis but this team just isn't doing it and the one thing with theo epstein he came in and and you know brought the analytics to the cubs and and this genius Stop signing these old starting pitchers. Yeah. I don't know why that formula. They sort of fell into the trap that the Yankees have been in forever. You know, we're going to get these overpriced pitchers that are past their prime. I don't know why anybody sees value in those guys. Well, that's what Theo's MO is. He says, you you know, you build your team around offense, then you just buy pitchers. And that's what he's doing. I mean, they went out and signed uh, Darvish. Darvish has been injured out? all year. Yeah. I mean, they go and get Cole Hamels, which looks like, you know, because of namesake, it looks like a good pickup. And he's been there, done that. You know, he's had playoff experience, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. I don't trust him. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. You can catch us on ratpacksports.com, Ironic Media, WDCC, follow the podcast. Whatever. Check us out on Twitter at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.